When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, investors, the time has come. We finally made it to the last trading day of the year. And for most of us, it's been a good year. We can look at our gains and feel good about the money we've made this year. In 2023, my portfolio appreciated by $121,000. It also paid another $8,400 in dividends. That's a return of around 31%. That is a substantial, life-changing amount of money for me in a single year. 2023 has been undoubtedly the best year that I've ever invested in, with the most significant impact on my net worth. And it's easy to look back fondly on this year. After all, almost every investment that I made went up substantially. S&P Global, MasterCard, Intuit, each of these companies were like a rocket this year. They couldn't be stopped. Big tech, of course, was the best performing category, with Apple and Microsoft each going up over 50%. Even some of the smaller, lesser known companies like Texas Roadhouse, which isn't even big enough to be part of the S&P 500, it still had a great year, up 30% year to date. Chipotle was another one that was just a beast this year. This company couldn't be stopped. It was a mixed year amongst retailers, but Costco was one of the few that distinguished itself as a consistently profitable retailer, posting record profits in 2023. The stock price has increased by 45% this year. Even the stocks I own that have had a quote-unquote bad year are basically flat for 2023. They haven't lost any money. The big problem was they didn't make any this year. If the biggest problem with your portfolio is that a couple holdings didn't go up as much as the rest, that's not much of a problem. 2023 was an incredible year. Anyone that had the wherewithal to stay invested reaped the rewards. And it wasn't just the big tech companies that made money. Although big tech had a great year, we also had substantial gains in the financial category, the restaurant category, the consumer category, many other companies. There were hundreds of companies that posted substantial gains in 2023. Any investor that participated in the market this year reaped the rewards. They saw the benefits. They made life-changing amounts of money. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case for everyone. The truth is, many of us were lied to. And for those of us who believed the lies and acted accordingly, they missed out on life-changing gains. Every effective lie starts out with a backdrop of truth. In this case, it was the economic indicators. We can look at the federal funds rate that are often looked at by investors, especially economists making big predictions. It all started in 2022. The Federal Reserve was raising interest rates rapidly. Investors were becoming concerned. In fact, the market went down out of preparation from the calamity to follow. We were warned repeatedly by economists that the interest rates rising here was going to result in economic calamity here. They called it a lagging effect. So in 2023, investors were prepared 
to meet the repercussions of this lagging effect. And we did see some of these repercussions. The 10-year treasury went from roughly 3% to over 5% at one point. This rapid rate in treasuries caused a lot of different impacts on the economy. In March of this year, regional banks, especially larger ones like Silicon Valley Bank, went belly up. There was a run on the bank. They could not pay back their deposits. They were taken over by the FDIC. Early on this year, it looked like it was going to be another bad year. In fact, it looked a lot like 2008. Interest rates went up and banks went under. At the same time this chaos was going on, we also had mortgages. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage going above 8%. If mortgage rates go from below 3% to above 7% in just a couple years, there must be a housing collapse, right? Especially if there's banks going out of business and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. In fact, it seems impossible that mortgage rates went from below 3% to above 7% in only a year with no housing collapse. How can that happen? In fact, if you look at any of these economic indicators that have happened over the past couple of years, you would have probably concluded that 2023 would be a bad year in the market. It would have been a year to stay out of stocks, but the opposite has happened. The S&P 500 has posted a total return of 26.64%, and the great housing crash of 2023, which we've heard endlessly about, never materialized. It simply never happened. This all reminds me of a quote from Morgan Housel's book, The Psychology of Money. The most important part of every plan is planning on your plan, not going according to plan. For the patient, unemotional, and consistent investor, this has been a wonderful year, one of the best. But for the fearful investor, this has been a terrible year. Investing out of fear will kill your returns, and this year there was many reasons to be fearful. October 27th, 2022, from Meet the Press, recession is likely in early 2023, despite reports showing GDP growth. The recession is likely. Be afraid. September 19th, 2022, the World Bank warns that the globe may be heading for a 2023 recession. There's a 2023 recession. Be afraid. December 1st, 2022, Bloomberg Television, a global chief economist warns that the U.S. will enter a recession in 2023. Be afraid. August 15th, 2022, Bernstein Advisors warn of the real recession that will happen in 2023. Be afraid. July 25th, 2022, CNBC International, a genuine recession could be coming to the U.S. in 2023. Be afraid. The amount of warnings we got about recessions was virtually endless. And some of the people warning about recessions have done this trick before. They've lied to us repeatedly. We have this article from Mohammed El Aaron, October 5th, 2022. He warns about the looming recession, one that's right around the corner. When the recession doesn't materialize in 2023, well, that's no problem for the expert El Aaron. He just pencils it in for 2024. The same recipe over and over again. If it doesn't happen this year, just move it to next year. This is the recipe that many of the world's most respected economists use over and over again. Economists are one of the rare groups of people that are both repeatedly wrong and repeatedly listened to. They talk nonstop about doom and gloom and looming recession, stagflation, and an imploding economy because that's what gets attention. It always has and it always will. This is the trick that they pull on us. In the entertainment industry, there's the phrase that sex sells. That's why it's in so many movies and TV shows. Well, in the investing business, fear sells, doom and gloom sells. 
And these people are the ones selling you fair. Why do they sell you fair? Because fair sells. It sells really well. We all know by now that as humans, we struggle with something called negativity bias. This is our natural tendency to focus on things that are bad news compared to all the good news. In fact, the good news can be of equal or greater magnitude, but we still focus on the negative news. This is also similar to loss aversion, where the pain of losing is psychologically twice as powerful as the pleasure of gaining. The unfortunate reality is many people have been taken advantage of. They've been duped. They've had their cognitive biases of negativity bias and loss aversion exploited by the purveyors of endless bad news. And while they make money on their notoriety and TV appearances, you lose money by following their fearful advice. Now, with all of that said, I think there's some good solutions to this problem of being lied to and ultimately being tricked. Now, I'm not suggesting this is the perfect solution, but I am gonna offer three different pieces of advice. The first thing we need to recognize in order to not be tricked by these people is not having the authority bias, not giving these people so much of our admiration, our attention, but that shouldn't be the case. Economists cannot predict the future. They really have no clue what's going to happen. No matter what they wear, no matter how they dress, no matter how fancy the network they're on, no matter what firm they come from, no matter what think tank they come from, they cannot see the future. And this has been borne out by the data time and time again. Their advice and economic predictions is neither accurate nor consistent. And this is a problem because many of them look like they know what they're talking about. From Daniel J. Bornstein, he says the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it is the illusion of knowledge. Howard Marx has talked about this repeatedly, saying, quote, I've been talking about the uselessness of forecasting for a long time, and the belief that you know is dangerous, if the truth is that you don't know. And that's how you get into big trouble. So I'm firmly against it. I hope I don't insult anybody or their audience, but Oak Tree doesn't have an economist. We don't invite economists to give their talks. And one of the tenets of our investment philosophy is that our investments are not based on macro forecasts. Howard Marx is correct. Listening to forecasters and economic predictions is listening to people believe they know something about something they don't know. And their entire business relies on them continuing this fabrication that they can predict something that is ultimately unpredictable. So the first thing we can do to avoid a lot of pain in our investing journey is to not listen to economists and forecasters give their predictions that are overwhelmingly bearish on the future and to recognize that they truly have no clue what's going to happen. The next suggestion I'd have is to not invest out of fear. Investing out of fear will make you susceptible to the negativity bias and loss aversion. It'll also make you susceptible to the many people on Bloomberg and CNBC that spread doom and gloom every day because they know that's what draws your attention. Fearful investors lose money on both the upside and the downside. When stocks are going down, the fearful investor pulls their money out, fearing that they'll lose more money in the future. When stocks are going up, the fearful investor has phone the fear of missing out and buys at ever-increasing prices. Fearful investing can lose money in so many different ways that it is perhaps the biggest way that investors lose money. And it's one of the things that truly great investors continually speak about. Buffett has made this an entire part of his mantra. If you have a temperament that when others are fearful, you're going to get scared yourself. You know, you are not going to make a lot of money in securities over time in all probability. Peter Lynch has spoken about the same topic of fear repeatedly. There's always something to worry about. But, uh, this is the difference. This is what happens in the stock market. Because, see, everybody's got the brain power to do well in the stock market. The question is whether you have the stomach for it. That's the key organ in the body. There's always something to worry about. 
repeats over and over again that in the stock market, there's literally always something to worry about. Always some calamity around the corner. Peter Lynch lived during a time and invested during a time when there is calamity, wars, recessions, threats of nuclear war. There is all sorts of threats and the stock market continue to go up routinely, just like we've seen in 2023. If you're still investing out of fear, make a New Year's resolution that this year you'll no longer have fear drive your decisions. You'll no longer listen to the economists, to all the predictions, to all the doom and gloom, but instead invest based on well-rounded research on companies and long-term horizons. Now finally, my last suggestion is to really know what you own and why you own it. This is another piece of advice from Peter Lynch. He famously said to know what you own and be able to explain what you own on a postcard. The reason that I'm not concerned about my portfolio going into next year, despite the fact there's many continued predictions of recessions and doom and gloom, is because I know what I own and why I own it. I know the valuations of my companies. I know the resilient fundamentals of them, the revenue, the EBITDA, the sustainable cash flow. I've studied how these companies perform during recessions. So even if we go into recession, I've seen the outcome over time. Not investing out of fear doesn't mean that you invest out of blind optimism. It means you invest based off of well-rounded fundamental research on your companies. Knowing what you own and the reasons you own it gives you that conviction to stay invested when the entire world is trying to scare you out of it. So hopefully out of my viewership and my audience, there weren't too many that got scared out of the market this year and missed out on the gains. And as far as I'm concerned, what you're going to see on this channel is not doom and gloom being spread every single video every week. What you're going to see is real investing, staying in companies for the long term, watching them compound over time, doing research and analysis on companies that are lesser known, ones that have great potential. You'll see continued updates on the stocks that I own and my portfolio. You'll see the continued fundamental develop. I'll be covering quarterly reports, super investors, buys and sells, and important news topics as well. And most importantly, I'll be showing the progress of this transparently over time, come good or bad. If the stock market goes up 30% next year, I'll show it. If it goes down 20% next year, I'll show that as well. You'll see the gains or the calamity either way. But that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time.